Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast, hosted by Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers who cover the team on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your hosts, Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers alongside John DeShazer. We have broken the three-game losing streak. The Saints get a win over the Carolina Panthers, 28-6 to at the Superdome yesterday. John, just initial takeaways now that we're back in the win column. Well, I mean, let's look. Let's not deceive ourselves. I mean, this this is one where you, 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 know, you break out the best cologne you got and you spray it all over it as thick as you can and, and you make it smell as good as you can. I guess it was like me in the ninth seventh grade and you know with brute or something you just put it all over and and you make it smell as, as good as you can it was good to get back in the wind column um but you know i don't think anyone is satisfied or if if anyone is satisfied with it i i would question <laughs> what they were thinking because the saints aren't satisfied with it i mean they got in the wind wind column again 28 to 6 and the the final score looks a lot more dominating than the actual game was so you know the best the biggest thing is they got back in the wind column uh, they're six and seven. So are the Falcons, and so is Tampa Bay, and the Saints will play the Falcons and Tampa Bay down the stretch. So the Saints, as you know, up and down and back and forth and whatever this season has gone, still, still have their fates in their own hands. All they got to do is control it and win some games. Yeah, we definitely want to get into the fact that there is a three-way tie in the NFC South. What that means as far as where the Saints sit right now and what's ahead of them, but. That game yesterday, it was definitely one that could have gone either way up until midway through the fourth quarter, and the Saints started to get things going offensively and were able to kind of blow out the Panthers, make the score look a, a lot different than what actually took place on the field. I think defensively, holding a team to six points is is what you want. You had four sacks. They did extremely well, especially in the past defense what did you like about what the defense was able to do? Well, I think they were able to get to the quarterback, and they hadn't been able to do that for a long time. They got got four sacks, and they came into the game with 19 sacks. And, you know, at one point this season, the Saints were, you know, racking up sacks, but they had gone into a drought. So they were able to get four. Uh, that helped. Uh, it helped to, to really kind of rush Bryce Young a little bit because – Look, he, he had some throws, and he didn't make them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Saints also had eight passes defense, so that helps too. Uh, and that, you know, they were in the area for a lot of times when, when the passes were thrown, they were able to get the ball on the ground. So, you know, uh, I think a lot of good happened. They escaped a couple. But, I mean, sometimes that happens, you know, against whomever where quarterbacks miss throws, and sometimes a lot of it has to do with the pass rush speeding up his clock, his mental clock, and, you know, him just being a little bit unsettled. So I thought I thought they did that very well. The run defense, they, they're going to have to figure out what's going on with that. Um, 204 yards rushing given up um, the previous seven games. So now it's eight straight games where opponents have run for more than 100 yards. The previous seven, they were averaging 150 a game. Mm-hmm. So that average goes up now. Uh, so they've got to figure out what it is with that because they're going to continue to see teams run the ball. I was a little bit surprised that Carolina didn't run it, you know, 
45, 50 times because they were having some success with it. But, you know, as Dennis Allen said, you got to throw some in this league to hopefully be able to score some points. And so they were in, in some situations where, you know, Carolina had fourth and short a couple of times and decided to throw it and didn't come up mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, with the catch on the fourth down. So, you know, the, the Saints kind of, I won't say got lucky there. I guess Carolina obviously felt like they couldn't run it. Um, but, man, they ran it successfully. And, and that's something that the Saints, you know, we keep saying it. They got to figure that out, and and I'm not exactly sure what the answer is right now. I mean, you know, the Giants are coming to town. They got Saquon Barkley, and you know, people with dynamic runners <laughs> fear. I mean, they they throw throw a little fear into you right now mm-hmm. because this is something that the Saints never used to worry about. It, mm-hmm. it didn't matter who was coming in; they were going to hold him. The opposing team was going to run for you know 90, 95 yards maybe, and the Saints were going to make it a hard day on the run game, and they were going to make you have to throw it. And now. They can't seem to be able to do that. Yeah, head coach Dennis Allen and linebacker Pete Werner talked Monday about their thoughts on what needs to change as far as the run defense goes. The number one thing we've got to do is we've got to do a better job in terms of space tackling. Um, you know, when when you really look at the game, you know, there's a couple opportunities that we have a chance to get a player, whether it be the quarterback or whether it be the running back or whether it be the receiver on the reverse, that we have potential opportunities to get a guy down in space. And I think that's really where we've you know, had our biggest issues is um, space tackling. Um, and so, look, we've got to continue to work on that, um, you know, where we can get guys down in an you know, open environment and minimize gains. Um, because when you look at our run defense, you'd say there's a lot of plays that are really good, um, and then we have you know a couple of plays that we we miss a tackle in space, and those are things that become uh, you know explosive plays. So um, I do think that we need to be better in terms of controlling the line of scrimmage, knocking the line of scrimmage back, being able to get off blocks. Um, I think that's something that we have to uh, be better at. I think you know. It's hard to win in our league when a team is one-dimensional, you know. So whether it be they're one-dimensional in the passing game and they're gaining a lot of passing yards and they can't run the ball, or vice versa, uh, which I think was the case uh, in the game yesterday, they were a one-dimensional team. Um, they they and they were able to run the ball a little bit, uh, but I also think that's you know difficult to score a lot of points. Um, just through the running game. You know, you're going to have to throw ball, throw the ball in our league to score any significant amount of points. So is it is it a concern? Yeah, it's a concern. We need to be better there. Um, but um, I thought overall, you know, look, they were 3.8 yards per offensive play. So, you know, overall it was, it was a pretty good defensive performance. I think it works in three levels. I think it starts with our defensive line and keeping gap integrity and uh, getting off the blocks. And I, then it goes to linebackers, fitting the right gaps, being explosive, and, and then um, finishing on the ball. And, um, and then you get the last level to kind of clean everything up. I think um, that it starts up front, um, then you get the linebackers, but there's always the secondary to help clean things up. Uh, some teams have done a great job of trying to get some of the linebackers outside of the box and, and crack different players to force guys to make uh, some, some tough tackles. 
Um, so I credit them with a few of the plays that they've, they've run, but um, it starts up front. And I think as long as we're explosive or violent up front, that, that take care of it. DA said that it was mainly, he said, just tackling in space. Yeah, and it, but we've been talking about that for weeks now. Yeah. I mean, they hadn't tackled in space or they hadn't gotten off blocks or the run fit hadn't been quite what they needed to be. And these are issues that now the run fits and, and the and the and the the gap the the, the gap integrity. Mm -hmm. Those are two things that should be, I would think, somewhat easily fixable. Uh, the tackling in space, that's a physical thing, and that's just not easy to do. People think it's easy to tackle somebody in space. Look, none of us play in the NFL. It's hard to do, yeah. and the guy you want to tackle doesn't want to be tackled. So that's difficult to do. But the gap integrity and the getting off, off blocks, those should be things that the Saints should be able to do. Those are things that the Saints have been able to do, mm -hmm. and they can't do it this year for at least the last eight games. So those things concern you as you go down the stretch because – you know, you always think, man, if if you can't stop the run, you can't beat people. They they were able to win it yesterday because Bryce Young threw for what, you know, eighty yards or whatever it was. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's it, it just makes life difficult. That's why that game yesterday stayed nip and tuck the entire game because, you know, they couldn't stop the run mm -hmm. and they couldn't generate much offense. Which you know they kept saying, you know, Carolina makes it difficult for you to throw it, but you know, the Saints' offense is just herky-jerky, just kind of – it's not in sync. It's not fluid for the last several games. And so, you know, they were able to get it together against Detroit, you know, and score 28, but it just – it wasn't a fluid operation. And it hadn't been, I don't think, for at least three four games. So that's another thing that has to be addressed and, and figured out because, you know, a fluid offense makes everything seem a little bit better. But, you know, another slow start yesterday offensively, didn't score in the first quarter. Sure. And and you know how do you how do you go about fixing that? What what are you doing to fix that? Because and one of the fixes seemed to be Jimmy Graham in the red zone. Yeah, but we'll <laughs> talk about that another time. But I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, but I, it's just one of those things where you know you know what you know. Al, I think Alvin Kamara said it best a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about the players. He just kept saying, you know, we're talking, but we're not doing. Mm -hmm. And so you know what the issue is. Now the issue is to correct what the issues are. How much of it is it, though, that there's no Michael Thomas, no Rashid Shaheed, there's no Taysom Hill in this game? I mean, those are some huge offensive weapons. And Chris Olave banged up. So that yeah. that did not help the offense at all yesterday. I, and, that, and I should have factored that in. When you don't have two of your top three receivers and your other top receiver is not 100%, he, mm -hmm. he was ill and not feeling well and you don't have Taysom Hill who adds that extra dimension to the offense, then, yeah, it's going to affect the way you look. And, I mean, it looked that way yesterday because, you know, a couple of times Derek Carr really didn't either didn't have time to throw it at all or kind of didn't have anybody to throw it to. Sure. And so, you know, that affects quarterback play. That affects how the offense looks absolutely because it's hard to make an NFL offense go just throwing the tight ends and just throwing the running backs. You need those explosive plays, and the Saints weren't able to generate those. Yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara gave it all he got. He tried to get involved in the passing game. Unfortunately, those screen passes, and they just were not working yesterday. Uh, team, teams on – very few teams now are going to let – or the teams are basically going to say, okay, okay, you're missing this guy, you're missing this guy, you're missing this guy, you're missing this guy. 41's out there. 
41 ain't going to be the one to beat us. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to figure out some way to do it other than 41 because we're just going to smother him, and you're going to have to do it with Jawan Johnson, and you're going to have to do it with Foster Moreau. You're going to have to do it with Lynn Bowden Jr. you got to do it with A.T. Perry or Keith Kirkwood. You're going to have to do it with somebody other than 41. And so Alvin had some decent rushing numbers, but man, when he caught those screens, they were like they were in his back pocket, mm -hmm. and that's hard a hard way to go. But you know they understand, hey, if we take him away, it's going to make it hard for that offense. Yeah, absolutely. They did get to some different players. You mentioned At Perry; he had a huge forty-one yard catch, so that was really good to see. There weren't a lot of options for that deep ball. Derek Carr went and tried to hit Chris Olave early in the game, but. They didn't connect on that one. He was able to get A.T. Perry. And then once they got into the red zone, finally, here comes Jimmy Graham again. You mentioned it earlier. How much fun is it to see him be back on the field and involved? Because I feel like the fans, it doesn't matter what he does, just love him being back out there. Well, I think having Jimmy on the field, he's he's an emotional player. Yeah. And so his involvement gives you that emotional electricity. Um, the, the dude's got four catches this year and three of them are for touchdowns and all three are in the I red mean, zone. Th that's amazing percentage. I mean, it's so, you know, it, that would seem to suggest that, you know, he's effective there. And Dennis Allen said today, hey, you know, he's earned the right for more snaps. Um, you know, people have been wondering why he hadn't been utilized uh, in the red zone, you know, present company included, mm -hmm. because, you know, when he came back, when he signed, he said, look, yeah, I'm a little bit older, but I'm still 6'7", and I'm till, still 260, and I can still jump, and so I can still help a team in the red zone. And I believe, you know, my role here is to help in the red zone. And I think he was inactive for four straight games. Yes. And so it's like, okay, you're having trouble scoring, and you got this guy who I think might be able to help some. I mean, obviously, if you're not, you know, you kind of got to pull out all the stops. And so to finally get him back on the field these last couple of games, mm -hmm. and for him to score, it's almost like a – you know, everybody's kind of looking around like, hmm, maybe he should have been out there. But so, you know, but I, I leave that to the coaching staff. I leave that to, you know, the personnel folks. And, you know, they get paid for a reason. But Jimmy Graham in the red zone seems to be a winning combination for this team. Well, obviously, head coach Dennis Allen has been asked Sunday after the game. Monday asked again about the usage of Jimmy Graham. And here's what he had to say. The the number of snaps uh, that that – that he's played has, has been limited, uh, even in the last couple of games. The one thing that we feel like, man, there, there's an area of the field that we feel like this player can help us, um, and that's in the red area. And and he's done that the last couple of weeks. And um, you know, but there's a there's a lot of other snaps that go along in the game other than just the other than just the red area. So um, I think we got to continue to look at that balance. But I think he's, you know, I I, I think. He's earned the right to, you know, get some more snaps. Coach Allen said there that Graham's earned himself some more snaps, so maybe we will see him get more involved in this upcoming game. I, I, well, y'all, y'all almost have to have him because I mean, if you don't have Rashid Shahid and you don't have Michael Thomas, you know, you've got to have some reliable guys for Derek Carr to yeah. be able to throw it to. And if Chris Olave is the one reliable guy that you know of, well, how many defenses are going to let him beat you? Because you know who he is, and you know that if you got any kind of a threat out there, it's going to be Chris Olave. So if I'm a defensive team, I'm going to say, okay, after 41, our attention goes to 12. And then 
Now, so what else you got, Saints? And if you get in a position of where you can use Jimmy Graham, well, he has been one heck of a mismatch so far. I have to give a shout-out to some of the, the younger players that have really stepped up with some of the injuries that we've had because safety Jordan Howden, I think he had a great game yesterday. And obviously he's going to need to be somebody that they can rely on without Marcus May, who is now on injured reserve. And then you go to somebody like – Wide receiver Lynn Bowden Jr. gets thrown as a, in as a returner. He's been used just as a blocker, and now they're trying to get him more involved in the pass game. I feel like these players, you could even talk Brian Brzee, the number, the first-round draft pick by the Saints, has done extremely well. He got banged up a little bit in the game yesterday and still played through that. It was a, a shoulder injury for him. But some of these younger players that have been called upon this season – I think have have stepped up to the challenge. Yeah, they got to. They've got no choice. Um, it's the NFL, and folks get hurt. And so, if you're the next guy up, then you got to be the next guy up. So you got to play. Um, I think At Perry has responded really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with limited opportunities, but I think he's responded really well and shown that. You know, not only can he get deep, but you know he's he's got that big body, six five. He got and he, out and got that ball. Yeah, he went yeah. out and, and I mean he laid out for it and he made a a fantastic catch. So I think he's a guy who maybe has earned a little bit more trust. I hope because he seems like a guy who who's fairly reliable and he's he's got talent and he's got size and he's another guy where you say, hey, you get in the red zone, you got to do six five. Hey, you might want to throw it up and see what he can do. In fact, he's caught one of those already mm-hmm. <laughs> against Minnesota from Jameis Winston. So, you know, he's a guy that you can utilize. But, you know, and Lynn Bowden is going to have to play because Rashid Shaheed isn't there as a returner. And, and even Lynn Bowden's kind of learned and said, you know, look, as a punt returner, I got to kind of put my foot in the ground to get up the field because I danced around a little bit and mm-hmm. I got beat up a little bit the first time. So, you know, now I need to understand to get on up the field. Uh, but those guys, it, it, they've been nice to see out there because – they're going to have to play. They're going to have to contribute, not just play. Uh, Howden looks like a real keeper. I mean, he looks like, you know, he looks like a future starter. And I mean, near future. I'm not talking five, three years. I mean, near future. He looks like he's going to be on the field. So, you know, he's a really good get. Yeah, Howden led the team in tackles with 10 tackles yesterday. And he had a sack. He's been really effective. So that's been really good to see. We, we've talked a little bit about the, the defense, what's not working offensively. You've got to go circle back around to a quarterback, Derek Carr, who makes everything go. He came into this game after being beat up, concussion, shoulder, rib, back, I mean, every injury. And he starts the game. He plays through it. There are some emotional moments, maybe some not great decisions. How would you evaluate how he did under those circumstances? I mean, well, statistically, I mean, you got to look at the hard numbers and say it was not a great performance uh, because it wasn't. Um, you know, what did he end up with? Saints had 207 yards of offense, barely 100 of it passing, passing, and really needed that 44-yard of the AT period to kind of get over 100. So it, it was not the cleanest or best performance. Now, how much of that was Derek Carr? How much of that is not having Michael Thomas and Rashid Shaheed mm-hmm. and Taysom Hill? How much of that is some protection breakdowns because he got hit a few times on Sunday. So, you know, you have the whole collaboration and you can understand where the frustration is coming from because even limited offensively, there are some things happening where, you know, when you get the protection breakdowns, that's a frustrating thing for the line and for the quarterback. Um, And then when you do get some time, well, who are you going to throw it to? Mm -hmm. Because 
these guys, you know, they're the next man up. But if they were were starters, then they'd be starters. So they're a little bit more easy to cover than the first guy. So now you have some some issues where your offense can be slowed out a little bit, and you can't get the chunk play. You can't if you got Rashid Shahid and Chris Olave on the field at the same time. You figure at some point one or the other is going to get deep, or you know a little you know twenty yard, which you know people say twenty yard ain't a whole lot, but you know what? If you got a seventy five yard drive, you if you knock out twenty twenty five of them on one play, that's huge. Mm-hmm. So you need those guys on the field, and so I think that probably contributed some to Derek Carr not having a great game. But sometimes you know. He's holding the ball, and now is he holding it because his guys are covered and he got nowhere to throw it, and it's better to eat it than just throw it up for grabs. That's probably some some uh, some of it too. But man, I, I this this offense just doesn't look like a well oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And 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 even Dennis Allen says, look, he he was banged up. You know, he wasn't hundred percent. I know he wasn't. He was more than healthy enough to play, but. If he's a little bit banged up, what are the, what are the limitations, and how much are the are the limitations bothering him? Because Derek Carr himself says, "Okay, I've had some fractured ribs," and I'm assuming he's talking about this week that he played with. Mm-hmm. Well, fracture that's hard. That, yeah, that ish hurts, and it hurts a lot. Yeah. So now you're taking a sack, and a guy falls on you, and so I I, I just don't know what all his medical issues are, but that's got to be a contributing factor too. But Here's the thing in the NFL or in sports in general. You step out there, you're healthy. Okay, nobody wants – I don't want to hear nothing about no ribs and I don't want to hear about no ankle or feet. Right, you made a decision to take the field. Yeah, if you're out there, then you're telling me you're healthy. So I don't want to hear about anything else other than that. And the opposing defense, the opposing team don't give a rat's behind that you're banged up. They're trying to bang you up more. Mm -hmm. So if you're not good enough to go – then you shouldn't go. But once you step on the field, all the excuses stay on the sideline over there. Yeah. Well, he has another week to get a little more healthy. I, I hope. I don't think he sustained any more injuries. I'm sure he did get hit a couple of times, so it doesn't feel great today, tomorrow. There was one play that I'm still annoyed about because it was not deemed a blocked punt. However, it was a huge moment in the game. A great special teams play when you have Nephi Sewell, who's also, I think, stepped up and done very well, apparently forces a fumble on a punt. I, I don't get it. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I get it. I get it. I, we have a great, a great photo of it. And so, you know, the punter drops the ball before he punts it. Sewell is on top of the ball before the foot even gets there. That's why it's a fumble. It it wasn't a you know when on a block punch you get a you know boom boom yeah you got no boom oh. you just got the <laughs> you just got Nephi smothering it so that's why they went back you know and, and from that standpoint I mean it was like you know we're going back and forth back and forth with the ruling but after New York looked at it then I saw the picture I was like okay I get it now okay because I first I initially called it a block punt too. And when I saw the picture, though, I was like, okay, I get it now because he got to the ball before the punter got to it. That's incredible. Yeah. And and literally, I mean, if he'd have, I'm sure, if he'd have known he was getting there that fast, he just would have snatched the ball and run it in himself. But, I mean, it was a fantastic play, a, a bust, obviously, by Carolina on, on the on the punt, you know, cover on the um, on the blocking. Mm-hmm. But, man, he was on top of it before the punt hit the foot. I mean, he was literally on top of it. So an amazing job by him. 
uh, a big bust by Carolina, and the Saints needed something uh, special teams-wise because they hadn't had a big special teams play probably since Rashid Shaheed's punt return touchdown, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they hadn't had a significant kind of game-defining or game a big contributing special teams play, you know, unless we want to count the, you know, 1,000 bleak field goals. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, other than that, I don't think they had an impact play like that since Rashid Shaheed returned 176 yards. So, huge play. But I, under, I understand the fumble once I, once I saw the picture because I was annoyed when they kept going back and forth. It was like, okay, it's a block punt. Okay, it's a fumble. It's right. Like, well, wait, that looks. I know what a block punt looks like. Yeah, in and, the press box, <laughs> they announced it several times, different ways. Yeah, and I was like, I know a block punt when I see it, and that was a block punt. And then I saw the replay, and I saw the picture, and I was like, okay, I get it, I got it. Yeah, and it was great to see linebacker Demarco Jackson scoop the ball up and yeah. then get it in the end zone. Now think about it. That's two block punts the Saints have had stolen, stolen, taken this year because Zach Bond got one. But because it went one yard past the line of scrimmage, That's right. yep. it was a one-yard punt and not a block. So they've had a couple taken off the board on them. But, you know, hey, you, you take the play anyway because it's still a, a positive play. It was good to see that special teams have an impact in a game that was being played so tightly for a majority of the game. Moving forward, you have the Giants next. You're in a three-way tie now with the NFC South. Thank goodness the Bucks handled business and beat the Falcons, making things a little bit easier for the Saints. But you still, as they've been saying, got to focus on what's ahead and go 1-0. Yeah, all you got to do is win your games if you're the Saints. If, if theoretically, Lockwood and, you know, whatever you know, rabbit's foot I got in my pocket, if they win four straight, it's theirs. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you'll beat Atlanta and Tampa along the way and you'll push them behind you, and you'll stay in front of them because you keep winning. So if you just handle your own business, you're fine if you're the, if you're the Saints. If you do nothing other than beat those two division rivals, you probably will put yourself in a really advantageous position because now everybody's division record will be pretty much the same, I think, mm-hmm. or pretty close. So, you know, you got to handle your business in a division more than anything and then on top of that, now you got, you know, the Giants, which are, you know, the Giants are a weakened team. You know, don't have, you don't have, Giants don't have the quarterback, obviously, the starter, Daniel Jones. And uh, I think the Rams are the other team that's yep. left. So there's some opportunities there. Now the Rams are a really good offense. So that, it's going to be tough, too, on a short week because that's yeah, a Thursday a short game. Week. Yeah, short week. And you got to travel to L.A. to play them. And, you know, that's. That's going to be difficult because the Rams got a little bit of offense. And it, you know, the Thursday night games, which I hate, are always better for the for the home team. So that's going to be a difficult one. But the other three, and I, you know, I hate to look ahead. God, I hate to do this. But you look at the schedule, and you look at it on paper, and you say, okay, well, the Saints might be in pretty good shape here. Now you got to play Tampa at Tampa, but historically they've played Tampa really well in Tampa. Yeah. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I Like I said, I just hate to looking ahead and that kind of thing, but it's right there for the Saints to make their way into the playoffs. So let's see if they can do 1-0. and oh, We know, should know by weeks. now, though, looking at this division, that even on paper what should happen, it just has not happened. Which is why there are three teams that are 6-7. and seven, Yeah. And one of them 6-7 and seven teams are going to represent – the division as the division champs and get a home game. So against what the Eagles or the Cowboys? Yeah, the Eagles or the Cowboys probably. So you know that's just going to be one of those things where you know just get in and worry about everything else later. And hopefully, 
like I said, they, they're, they're on the 1-0 this week kick. So let's see if they can keep going 1-0. Yeah, it would be nice to just continue this winning streak, roll into the playoffs, and, and hopefully start playing some of their, their best football at the right time. And, I, and I'll say this. Folks, losing stinks all over the place, okay? So when you see Aaron tweet or you see me tweet, and I know you guys are frustrated, we don't need your snide remarks. <laughs> we know. We know. We, I mean, we're just, we're, look, we actually work here. So we got something kind of invested in this. And I understand you guys are passionate and everything, but, hey, we know. So we don't – I know you just got to get it off your chest. But, hey, don't shoot the messengers. We're just, you know, we're just doing what we got. This is our job. So, you know, I, I hate to say I don't want to hear it, but I don't want to hear it. Because, you know, we get it, you know, from left, right, and front and back, and it's like – Come on, man. You know, you, we're not idiots here. We understand what's going on. So, you know, you can, if you want to, you can keep that snide stuff to yourself because, you know, I'm, I'm about to get fed up with it. And, and it's kind of hard to do your job when you want to respond to people and you can't respond the way you want to. So, you know, y'all ain't making it easy on me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best, but come on now. Who JD's on his soapbox? <laughs> You've been here longer than me, so you can say that kind of stuff. I I can't. You can say it too. I mean, <laughs> I mean because <laughs> I get it. Like I said, I understand. Folks are frustrated. I get that. I, they they're passionate about this team. Everybody they, in this building is yeah, too. They like, love this team, folks. We work here. You are not more passionate about this team than we are. I promise you. You're not more passionate about this team than the players are. I guarantee you. You're not more invested in this team than the coaching staff or the front office. You're not. Now, it's good that you think that way because that's the passion that, that fans have, and, and that's a beautiful thing. But look, man, we care. We care. Now, can we say the things that you're saying? No. And if we could, even if we could, I mean, why, why would you kick around your team? So, but, but I'm just saying, you know, it, it's, it's difficult sometimes when you're trying to do what you, you're supposed to do. And, you know, Saints win yesterday and, you know, well, well yeah, they beat the worst team in the league. But you got you to gotta beat the team that's on the schedule. Yeah. That's, that's the only team you can play that week. So what are you going to do? Would you rather they lose that game? No. So <laughs> I ain't saying let's get with the program. I'm just saying let's understand that we're doing a job and we're presenting it the way it should be presented in those situations. When a team wins, I don't care if it, it's a little bit of a stinker, it's still a win and it's hard to win in the NFL. J.D. is not here for the boos. <laughs> he doesn't want the replies. Hey, look, I understand the boos. I understand the boos because, I mean, look, and the players and coaches understand. They're performing, and yeah. they understand when you're not performing up to par, fans will get angry and they'll boo, and they got every right to do that. I'm just saying when you when we're getting, like, streams of comments and they're all kind of snide stuff, and it's like, Man, you know what? It it makes you say, you know what? Do I actually want to try to give some information, or do I just want to keep this to myself because I don't want to be bothered with the with the other stuff? It, it's it's tough. I understand it. I understand the passion. Just bring it to the dome and, and cheer. You know, <laughs> just bring it positively. Like I, I don't know. You can tell us how good we are at our jobs <laughs> and how much you appreciate that we're still doing it for you. <laughs> there were. Some other events that took place over the weekend with the the Saints Hall of Fame induction, former Saints cornerback Jabari Greer getting inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame, another member of that Super Bowl team 2009. How cool is it to see him have his moment this weekend? First of all, the first thing, Jabari 
Now, the second line dancing, he looks like he can still play. Um, <laughs> but really, it was great. I didn't see his his um, induction speech, but I heard he, it, it was an emotional speech. Um, on the field pregame, he gave a really, really great speech. Uh, he just seems very appreciative of the moment. Uh, he was one of our favorite saints in the locker room when he was here. Uh, was he only here a short time. Well, I wish we'd had him longer. But uh, just a fantastic guy. And then his life story where, you know, his, his wife Katrina passed. And he has five kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he became the sole parent. And, and it's just an inspiring thing because, you know, he's the kind of person that you look at and say, you know what, if, if I can, you know, if, if you want a role model, you know, or, or those kind of things. I understand, you know, hey, taking care of your kids isn't, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. But, man, a lot of people in this world don't do it, and especially when you, when that kind of role falls on you where you're the guy and you really hadn't been at home a whole lot because you've been an NFL player, mm-hmm. and his wife basically kind of took care of the household, and he got that role and he jumped into it. And, and so it's a beautiful thing. He's a Hall of Fame person, and now he's in the Saints Hall of Fame. Yeah, he seems like an incredible person. I've had the chance to talk to him and just so smart, so kind. Yeah. And we had people out there this weekend in support, obviously former players. We had some staff there. We were able to get his speech on video, and we have some of his thoughts that we just wanted to share with you now. One of the most important things is, like, that I've learned. I learned two things. Uh, one is that team culture, family culture, community culture matters. It's everything. The defense, we, ins- we instilled and, and created a culture of accountability where every single person bought in on every single thing that we were doing. And it showed, on the, way, it showed the way that we played. We were intentional, we were excited, and we were also um, we were skilled. Um, the next thing that I, I learned is that it really takes a special mind, a coach, a general manager, to be able to formulate a team. You need, you don't need just great Paul. You just, you don't need just great players. You need people that's going to alleviate some of the pressure in the locker room. You need guys that's going to uh, remind you what it was like being from the hood. You know, you're just going to need all these different um, personalities to be able to come together, and make a symbiotic team. Uh, a team that works together and that, that, that lives off of one another, that can actually help benefit each other. So although I was ex- in extremely different than Tracy, our two personalities kind of like cemented the, the, the edges of the, the defense. Tracy was gruff. Tracy was raw. Tracy was, he would go get it. I was more subdued. I was more political. I was more family, you know. So having those different personalities, I think, is a testament to the type of team that, you know, Mickey and Sean actually uh, built up. I thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us, even though you might not always enjoy us. We we do value you and the fans out there. And we're just looking forward to another win this upcoming weekend. Yeah, we love y'all. We, we ain't, we're not trying to run you off. We're just saying, hey, you can pull back a little bit and, and you know. Let's, let's be reasonable from time to time. But, you know, we understand passion. We got passion for the team, too. We understand. We do. Well, we'll have two more podcasts for you this week. We'll have a Saints player, and then we're going to get with Fox sideline reporter Shannon Spake, who is on the call again this upcoming weekend. She's got some great insight being there this past weekend. And she also covers NASCAR for Fox, so we'll be able to catch up with her about Alvin Kamara and, and his involvement in NASCAR and some of the stuff he was doing over this past weekend with them so we will see you guys well you'll hear us on wednesday and friday 
Thanks again for tuning in.